Welcome to episode 40 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastBot, Tune in, and of course, family, we are on Spotify. So I'm Sean. I'm Nah. What up, y'all? All right, now, what do we call this episode? Free Shire. Free our peoples, man. All right, get him out of there, yo. All right, um, I'm a little under the weather. I lost my voice. I went to um, Atlanta. I went to the ATL, shorty, um, to, I guess, get involved in all the Super Bowl festivities without actually supporting the Super Bowl. I was able to pull that off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was able to do it. Yeah, all right, so I had a good time. How was your week? Uh, my week is good. I had a good, quiet weekend. Um it was good. Relaxing, you know. It's a good weekend. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So get into this ratchet minute. What you got? All right. So I want to kick this off and talk about the game. Um, he got a lot of backlash. Um, well, he dropped this song on the internet and he had some lyrics in there about some sexual conquests he had with Kim Kardashian. Mm. And he really talked about like this real aggressive sex he had with her. Um, and what's aggressive sex, Nye? <laughs> So, <laughs> well, since you asked, well, let me tell you spe- specifically what he said. He said, I held Kim Kardashian by her throat, nigga. I made her swallow my kids until she choked, nigga. Ooh. I should apologize because yay, my folks, nigga. This for all my vice lords and locks, nigga. Ooh, child, a ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, on one hand, Actually, I have one feeling about it. This shit was so whack. Like, who, who at how old is he? Like 40? You still rapping on your dick and, and your conquest with your dick? Like, come on, man. This that's so corny. It's so whack and it's so corny. You know, he, got, he got like a gang of girls. Like he has he has little girls, you know, that he's raising. I've just too it's disrespectful. And and you know, she's married to, to Kanye or whatever. However, my personal feelings about Kim Kardashian, I'm putting those aside. Like, come on now. What, what's the point in doing this? She has moved on with her life. She's married. She has kids. You have kids. You've been, did he get married to that girl? He's doing whatever he's doing. Like, married. You know, this is in the past, like at least 10 years ago, I'm assuming, 10, 15 years ago. Let this go. Let this go. What I think is really funny and interesting about this is that Kanye had all the cat clap back for Drake. Remember when it was some words or whatever that was exchanged mm-hmm. about him? But have you? I've not heard anything from Kanye with with this. Kanye is in Wyoming somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he in the fucking place still somewhere. Mountains, dying his hair with Kool Aid, uh, <laughs> right? Peroxide. <laughs> I just think it's it's just it's so it's so lame. Like at this point in the game, you know, I guess when you're a young artist and you start out rapping, I think I guess it's like typical you rap about the same shit. But as your you know as your your career progress and you get older and more mature, I think your your topic should mature with you. Like this is young. Like who who talks about their conquest anymore? (laughs) I think for real, it's young. It's stupid. Yeah. And I think she had a res- Kim had a response, and she said, "Wait a minute, what? Did- no, she was talking about Ray J, but she said she was high on ecstasy." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kim, don't tell me that. Well, that explains it all, Kim. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Anyway, poor 
Yeah, Lord have mercy. She has been ran through, but all right. I digress on that topic. True indeed. And you know, she can get she can get that plastic surgery, get it all tightened up. But you know what? We were just talking about you can get your wholeness erased. <laughs> this is true. Can you can we can we digress a little bit and just talk about this? This is a very interesting yet very informative topic. And you know, sisters, y'all need to know this. I think yeah. everybody needs to know this. You can, there was this little, this video I watched online and you know, you, you can, if you're a hoe today, you ain't gotta be a hoe tomorrow. <laughs> this, hope, this hope for me and you. <laughs> Pussy snaps back. That nigga ain't got to know you didn't had multiple niggas run up in you. Anybody got to know. <laughs> that shit is your past. Right. Just change your ways and move on. <laughs> indeed. And and really like sisters, y'all y'all need to know that that it does not have to follow you all the way through. You know, like remember I at least when I was growing up, that word hoe was like you kiss uh -huh. somebody, you a hoe. <laughs> you look at somebody. I have friends who were like they were called hoes and had never even had sex with anybody. Same, same, same. Oh, <laughs> you know, but th that whole culture of you know, um women have to be so you know, virginal. Yeah, um, you know it's it's it, it really um it really doesn't allow us to really uh, own our sexuality. It's nothing it, wrong with having it's sex. Very, it's you very know? confining. It just reminds me of that. You know, we came up in the era where Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake was wearing promise rings, and they was probably fucking all over the place. Oh, all over the fucking place. And you know, I think that a lot of um, parents do this where they tell their their daughters, you know, save yourself for marriage and. All you know, and I I think you sh you should you know save it for the right person, but for marriage, you know, real. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would I would have never had sex. <laughs> never been married. The reality of the thing is right. Right, sex is amazing. I I think people should experience it if you're if you're at the right age and you're mature enough to handle it. And who knows what that actually really means, but. You know, sex is amazing, and I think we should we should teach our daughters, our kid, you know, our nieces, that mm -hmm. um, you know, own it, and you know, make sure that if you're if you're engaging in the act, make sure that you know you are get you know you are enjoying it, and don't do it for someone else, do it for you for your pleasure. Exactly. This, I, and I think that's something as we get older, we we own up to that. You know, like if there was a time you like you know you, the enjoyment was like secondary. Now it's like. That's all there is. It is mandatory. All there is. I mean, I when I first started having sex, I would be like, "This is what this is." Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Like, who child a ghetto? <laughs> right. This what y'all running to do? Okay. But now, you know, child. Pussy <laughs> is power. Once you own it, oh, Mm-hmm. Because niggas to the day you die, niggas will be trying to get in your pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the truth to shame the devil. But okay, we we digress. But the game, please just close your mouth. I I let's you put that into lyrics or something. I mean, was it a rap? Was it a rap song that he did? Yeah, it was a song. Uh, it was like some lyrics in a song that he um that he put out. I mean. I'm I'm a really need these rappers, especially the older gods, because he's but he's older god now. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna really need y'all to step your game up and really talk some power shit to this generation. That's what really needs to happen. Yeah. All this, you know, 
who cares about Kim? Who cares about you slobbing her down? She's slobbing a knob and doing all that. Let's let's talk some empowerment shit. But that, mm-hmm. but I digress. So yeah. all right, moving on. Moving along. So <laughs> our, next topic, <laughs> our next topic of fuckery is Bill Cosby. Girl, let me tell you, when I saw this headline, I screamed. <laughs> Gotta break it down because I so didn't Bill, even read this. I didn't even Bill hear Bill Cosby it. is reportedly pretending to be Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what to the inmates? <laughs> so, so apparently what he's doing, this comes from Radar Online. He is holding like hour, hour sessions, hour long sessions where he's treating people, inmates in there. He's he's pulling from his experience that he got playing playing a doctor on TV. Playing a gynecologist? <laughs> right. An OBGYN? Right. I need, I need so answers. He I spends need. an hour per day coaching healthy inmates on and meditation and dieting and diagnosing sick ones. So he's accepting appointments from inmates and he's diagnosing anything from you having a cold and uh, you being obese or overweight and anything that he's not able to cure and curable, he'll send them to the infirmary (laughs) with a preliminary diagnosis. I'm so done. I'm so done. Please. He's supposedly he's actually dressing the part as well. He's wearing a bed sheet like an apron. (laughs) To get it together, <laughs> girl. Can you imagine? No, I cannot. First of all, who's at, who are these inmates that are going to him? Who is making these appointments? Like, come on, this is hilarious. I just, wow. You know, I mean, it's it's funny, but it's sad because you know he's in there doing that. Seriously, mm-hmm. I don't. The thing is, I don't. Is is he doing this just for shits and giggles, or is he like losing his mind? I'm gonna go for the latter. I think this is just this is a mental breakdown thing. I mean, look, um, Heathcliff is in jail. I think he's this is mentally he's breaking down, like for real, for real. Like maybe this is just something to pass the time. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, I'm thinking, like maybe he's just like I I got I gotta find something to do in here. It ain't shit to do in here. Can't see. I thought he can't see. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. I thought he was blind. <laughs> Wait, no, seriously, I thought he was blind, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he cured himself. I don't know. Your doctor. <laughs> okay, he doctor set me up in that bitch. <laughs> I can't. I'm back. I need to go. All right. Well, you know what? More power to him. I hope he's really um got them healing hands. I don't know. <laughs> All right, moving along. Okay. All right. Where are we? Uh, are we at the Kitten Hills moment of the show? I think every time you say that, it makes me laugh. Tim, I was having so much fun in the ratchet. I don't know. This is the mood of this segment. Oh, we got to be woke. All right. All right. All right. We're in the woke minute. And this story has been all over the internet, um, all over the news. So apparently Jesse Smollett, um, he's one of the stars of Empire. He was attacked in Chicago early last Tuesday morning by two people who yelled um, racial and homophobic slurs to him and allegedly wrapped a rope around his neck. Um, And they also poured some liquid over him, over his face, some unknown chemical substance. Um, So it said after the attack, he went to someone's apartment uh, with his manager, called the police, 
when the police got there, you know, they wrote up the report and he still had the, the rope around his neck. Mm. So, um, following that, the officer suggested that he go to the hospital for the lacerations on his face and neck, and he was later released. So um, they're looking into this as a, they said, potential hate crime. I put that in quotation marks. Yeah. Um, but he's, he, he alleged that the attackers yelled, this is MAGA country. And MAGA is, you know, making America great again. So they were white. Of course, they were white. Um, so, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is pretty terrible. And I think maybe like a week or a couple weeks before that he had received like some, a package in the mail with some powdery, um, white substance, um, in the package. So I don't know if he was targeted or, you know, what's going on with this. So, you know, we're definitely, um, are keeping an eye on this to see how this, um, you know, how this, you know, progresses, um. But, you know, I also heard there was, you know, a little tea as well. Um, there has been some talk that Jesse was actually attending a party that night at a gay club where he hooked up with someone. Mm -hmm. And the boyfriend of that someone was not happy and, and served Jesse up a quick order of whip ass. So that's just the rumor. So we don't know. Don't really know. Um, you know, some people are like, you know, um, this story is not really making sense. Other people are, you know, fully backing him. So we'll see. I guess time will tell. Yeah. I, you know, it was funny because even online, there's like there is a divide between people who have heard the story and they're like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And, you know, using alleged and, you know, that it actually that it was made up. I've actually read a report saying that this whole thing was um, fabricated story. So it's unfortunate because no matter how you cut it, it's a hate crime. Yeah. Mm hmm how you look at it but i mean i was amazed by the stories that came out where people were saying you know it's it didn't happen that this is something he made up for what mm -hmm. i don't know so yeah. um so, yeah. there's been a lot there's an outpouring of love too online for him yeah I, uh, when it happened i guess like the day after it happened that's all that was over social media everybody's posting pictures of him and just giving him his support um so you know hopefully you know justice will be served um, with this, hmm. yeah, but this is look, this is this is MAGA country. This is what's this is what happens. So, can you imagine? You know, he's he's black, and then he's gay. So, you know, they they get it from both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from, from all over. You know that the, the struggle is is real um, for all non colonizers. To be honest with you, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Very vocal. You know, he's he's very he's a strong black gay man. You know, he's very vocal about, you know, everything he stands for. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, uh, moving on, I did want to touch on the recent arrest and possible pending deportation of um, Shia, mm -hmm. that or better known as Twenty One Savage. So. You know, I, I I know you've heard of the story, and this is he. There's so much going on on social media about this. Um, so my opinion, I, you know, by now I think everyone knows the details, um, but I'll give a little bit of it. It says so. We I think we all thought that he was from uh, Decatur. Girl, I thought he was from uh, College Park. I thought okay. he was from Southwest Atlanta. I swear to God, I was born and raised. Definitely did not know, <laughs> but he's actually said that his mother's from Dominica and his father's from Saint Vincent, 
Um, his dad is actually this celebrity doctor, kind of like in line with Dr. Sebi, Dr. Amsu, who is a holistic doctor who's done many appearances on The Breakfast Club. Who knew? So that's oh. actually his father. Yeah. So um, 21 Savage was born in the UK in 1992. So that would make him about 27 this year. Oh, yeah, and it's reported that he came to the United States from the UK about 14 years ago when he was like a teenager. So he probably or likely came on a visitor visa. Um, it expired. What I understand is that um, when he discovered that he had an expired visa, he immediately reapplied within the last two years because he has family here. I mean, he has three young children. Uh, I think his mother is here. He has brothers and sisters here. So... Um, you know, I heard the story and immediately I'm, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Absolutely. That's the first thing I thought of because, you know, this is just where when a black person does good, colonizers don't like that shit. Mm -hmm. um, if you remember last year, he made an appearance on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Yeah. Where he was talking about his song, Bank Account, and he turned it around and said that he was donating money and, and um, putting together programs for financial literacy for black kids. Mm -hmm. um, and then I saw the performance. I don't know if you saw Jimmy Fallon this past weekend. He was on The Tonight Show. And he has a new song called A Lot that he does with J. Cole. Mm -hmm. But he changed J. Cole's lyrics. So these are the lyrics of the song that I believe is the reason why Ice came for him. He said, I went through some things, but I couldn't imagine my kids stuck at the border straight up. Flint still needs water straight up. Niggas was innocent, couldn't get lawyers on God. Five days later, here comes Ice, you know, and yoking him up. So I'm telling, you know, this is, I get I get hyped up and I get very upset when I, I see things like this because this is just a call for us to wake up. We we as black people, we as non-colonizers, we as non um non-white people, mm -hmm. we need to really see for seeing what's going on here. You know, I remember because ICE was ICE is like this new faction, this, you know, the immigration and customizations um uh uh, agency, but it actually, if we're talking about immigration, that, that whole agency started back under George Bush, like back in 2003. Mm -hmm. And if we remember the whole point of ICE, the whole point of immigration really, and all the immigration laws is to go after criminals and, and terrorists, known terrorists that are um, residing in the United States. So mm -hmm. foreign nationals reside in the United States, criminals and terrorists, but for some reason, now we have expanded ICE's, um, it, you know, their scope to anybody that is a threat to the colonizers. Anybody's a threat to that status quo. You know, the one that we, you went to school and we learned about this this bullshit about, you know, Columbus discovering America. And we kind of all fell for this okie doke when there were natives here. Mm -hmm. It is, to me, it's, it's that ideology it's that story that they are just struggling to continue to keep that story, that fabricated story alive. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you look at, you know, ICE and this is what they're doing, you know, deportation. This is like ethnic cleansing to me because it has nothing to do with criminals and terrorists. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about this, a family man who was doing what he could to support his family, has a very successful career. The minute he started talking about, some shit that needed to be talked about, this is what happens. Yeah. You know? you know, most of the, the um, 
the illegal um, aliens or legal people that are here are here are, are white Europeans that are here on an expired visa. Isn't that something? You know, and we don't really hear about them getting deported um, back to their native country. It's always okay. it's always the black and brown people. Um, yeah. They get kicked out. And, you know, really the and I'm going to put this in quotation marks. The premise of this country was to accept all. All. And there, have, there definitely has to be some control on, you know, who, you know, how you let people in. And that definitely has to be a process. I'm not saying that. But, you know, um, make make the process um, equal for everyone to get in. You know, right. don't change the rules based off of what country you come from and what color your skin is. No, it's very arbitrary because, you know, now we this this idea of who's illegal and who's legal is it's, 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 it's like a it's like a joke. Right. Like what what is it based off of? Especially, like I said, when you go back to the history of ICE, we're talking about terrorists, true mm -hmm. terrorists. But, you know, the funny thing is the terrorists that we have look like the dudes in Columbine. You know, like those we these are the terrorists that are in this mm -hmm. United States. Mm -hmm. I am more in fear of the white kid who comes into the movie theater by himself and sits down in, in the front than I am of the dude with his head wrapped that gets on the plane. I, I will I will stay going to the movie theater uptown in Harlem before I go uptown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's sad, it's sad and we're laughing, but I mean, it's, it's no joke. Like this mm -hmm. is, you know, I mean, we, we, got, we got prisons, it's police brutality, um, poverty, the ghettos, you know, I'm even going to go further. We got Florida in the water. We got vaccines, pesticides, hormones, GMOs, shitty healthcare, all these things that are used as tools by this supposed dominant society so that they can remain in power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's what's going is, is, is definitely slipping away, you know? Yeah. And this, and that, and this is, this is the this is a time of desperation because it is slipping away and they know it and we know it. And this is why we do need to stand up because desperate times calls for desperate measures. I am, you know, I said this before, there's a war going on, not coming. It is already here. Mm -hmm. You know, stupid ass Tommy Loren, you know, using her using her Twitter, using her platform to really spread hate. You know, yeah. I, did you see the the quote that she said and how the clapback was immediate on her ass? Mm -hmm. She said something to the effect of, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna one, two, three, four, deport you back or something. She was trying to make fun of the whole thing with Twenty One Savage, and Nicki Minaj, bless her heart, came back with the clapback. Was like, quote, "Your obsession with our culture is scary to say the least. I hate giving you the attention you so desperately crave." laughing at people getting deported as if your ancestors discovered America. Are you Native American, you fucking clown? End quote. Mm -hmm. I'm just, uh, I, we need to wake up. We, we need to, we need to wake up. Mm -hmm. It's the, the caucasity of it all. It's the entitlement of, of it the all. The caucasity um, of it all. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you know, and I, you know, I'm, the another thing, if, if his visa expired, when he was a child. And this is, I've said this before. I don't believe that kids should be responsible for keeping their visas valid. Mm -hmm. Yes, it might've been on the parents, but he should have been given or give him every opportunity to make it right. Which, you know, they, they use this whole thing of um, constructive knowledge, meaning 
you know or you should have known that you are out of status when you when you're talking about immigration. And we don't even know if he even um, applied to get it reinstated. We don't even know the process or the steps if he's taken any. Well, he said that he did. He said I, I was list. I read an interview. I was listening to or read an interview. But basically, what was what he said was supposedly direct quote was that he didn't know that he was out of status, mm-hmm. which is. You know, it's it, it's very it's not a coincidence because he's actually gone through some areas of the legal system. And you mean to tell me they didn't say anything then, mm-hmm. but they said something now. But he said that um, when he did find out that he immediately applied and that was in 2017. And, you know, these these when you you know, you can apply, you can wait up to t- eight to 10 years mm-hmm. to have your paperwork go through. So. Is very plausible. His status is pending. And that to me is like, okay, when your status is pending, there really should be no action to deport you. Yeah, because it's in progress. Right. But from what I understand, he's on 23-hour lockdown. Like, they are looking to make an example out of him. Like, he's like a a hardened criminal. You know? I'm telling you, when this man was talking about financial literacy for the Black community, talking about the fucked upness of what's going on in Flint after what? Is it three years, three or five years? Mm-hmm. Same shit. You know, he gets on a on a global platform to mm-hmm. talk about the ills of what's going on. And then within days, they can't they come for him. And then, you know, this is this is not a joke. They they are coming for us. Not they're not they're coming. They've come for us. Mm-hmm. And we need to be prepared. I read I read an article where they're saying that the new census is going to ask you where are your where is your origin where are your people originated from like where do your people mm-hmm. come from, um, and that's going to be a way for them to try to send your ass back to where you came from. Absolutely, you. Th- I mean, look, I already said that Trump is has what he's doing these these steps that he's doing is really so that it makes way for martial law. Mm-hmm. Martial law comes in. There is no, there are no rights. You you don't have any rights. Mm-hmm. And this is like setting the framework. And you know, when I just look at what ICE was supposed to be, which was supposed to protect and serve and investigate criminal activities within the United States done by foreign nationals, and how we have taken the if if that was the goal of what are the immigration laws and what this and what this agency was supposed to be about. This is definitely what not what they're doing. Mm-hmm. When I see women and, and kids and kids dying at the borders oh, and you know, parents trekking two thousand miles through mm-hmm. deserts and, and hitchhiking just so they can come here for a better life. Mm-hmm. And then when they get here, they get detained, they get separated from their kids. And a lot of these kids can't even be located. They lost they lost in the system. I I heard that. Mm-hmm. And this is and so this is what you know, this is this is what you you all that you're trying to police like these people. I just it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. I just and not in a good way. Not amazing in a good way. Oh no, just and where I'm like we need to stay vigilant. We need to stay woke because mm-hmm. this is what this is what's going on. You know, and it was kind of like a to me his arrest. I like Twenty One Savage's music, but you know, imagine his his reach and the community that he has uh you know he stands up for mm-hmm. and how this looks so on the one hand i guess they tried to separate him from his people by mm-hmm. saying oh you know he ain't even from there he's from the uk like uk don't have 
issues and they don't have black people. Right. Yeah, a ton of black people. And then he had a, um, a um, maybe a couple weeks ago, he was on the Breakfast Club, uh, 21 Savage. And I've really enjoyed the interview. Like, I, I love looking at these um, these interviews that come on YouTube, these different platforms they post on YouTube, because you really get a chance to really understand the artists and mm-hmm. where their mind frame is. And he's a really intelligent young man. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I've, I've listened to it. Like I said, I listened to his music. I've listened to quite a few interviews that he's had even before this. And, you know, like this, I mean, I, I have I have a little hope in the generation, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though what's what's my favorite line? You talking about the hot sauce? <laughs> I got some songs. Yes, <laughs> I got hot sauce in my bag. <laughs> a lot of the music out there, you know, a lot of these um, older artists and older people that are in our generation, our age bracket, they really um, don't really give this generation's um, enough credit for their music. It's a lot of good music out there. I can't even fry. I listen to more new music, um, like Twenty One Savage, than I do old old school now. Yeah, I could kind of go back and forth, but um, I do listen. Yeah, I do listen to the new stuff. I mean, I feel like I'm a I'm a music person, so and you are too. That's that's so that anything that's musically related, I'm I'm on it. I want to know about it. So I'm just like I I feel for this young man because he used his platform for something good, mm-hmm. and and this is the bullshit that you gotta go through. Yeah, in the United States of America, KKK. Uh. Free my Messiah, man. Free him. Free 21. All right. All right. So moving on. I just, I do want to mention that today being February the 5th would have been Trayvon Martin's 24th birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Trayvon. Rest in peace. Yeah, happy birthday. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Are we, are we? Are we here yet? Yeah, moving <laughs> along. We are now at the Weekend D Report. <laughs> Girl, so, just, just when you need some dick in your life. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this week's Weekend Dick Report was inspired by B. Smith's story. Um, and if you guys are not familiar with B. B. Smith, she had a really um, great career. Um, she's like a, a homemaker, like a, Martha, a black Martha Stewart. And I hate to use that. Cause she's, she's who she is, but she yeah. like kind of, um, you know, she was in that, that era. She had a television show, um, where she did, you know, redecorated, she cooked, um, she was just a, a Renaissance woman. So she had a, a thriving business. She had actually restaurants in New York, um, B Smith's, but about six years ago, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Um, I did not know that. I did not. Yeah. I read about a couple, couple years ago, um, mm-hmm. that she was, um, diagnosed with that. So, um, she and her husband, um, her business partner of over 20 years, Don uh, Dan Gatsby, um, he became her caretaker along with his daughter. Um, and so a few months ago, he posted a picture of himself. He actually took over their Instagram and their social media accounts, and he would post different things about Alzheimer's and kind of became a spokesperson on behalf of her for the mm-hmm. disease. Um, but a few months ago, he posted a picture of himself with a woman, an F6 woman, having dinner. Captured- now, what's F6? <laughs> F6 is the hex code for white. <laughs> Very on the color wheel. <laughs> so he um he posted a picture of him with this woman um and captioned it hate it or love it with the hashtag why lie. 
And this picture has been circulating. There's, wow. a picture that's been circulating. There's been articles and a video that's online. Uh, but the picture that's been circulating is with Dan with his wife in in B B um B Smith's kitchen, and B Smith is in the background. Like it's him and this woman in the in the forefront, and she's in the background. So uh, you know, a lot of my my homegirls have just been. We got a lot of we got a lot to say about this. Um, I think it's just. Well, let me just say this. The question that I have is, you are the caretaker of a spouse with a terminal illness. Do you start dating um, while you're still caring for that person? So that's the question. Ooh, child, a ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's a tough one. I say. You know, if, 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 if I were if I were diagnosed with a with an illness and it was incurable and I, you know you know my husband or mate was ta was taking care of me, um, would I be okay with him having a girlfriend? And I think I would be okay with it. I think there's boundaries and there's parameters. I think where this man um, overstepped his bounds is bringing this woman into her house making it public. Um, I think that's just, just totally disrespectful. He's taking advantage of the situation. He's taking advantage of her declining mental health. Um, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't have a girlfriend and he shouldn't have a life outside. Cause I know it can be very stressful caring for, you know, being a full-time caretaker for someone who, mm -hmm. whose mental capacity is not there. It's like caring for a child. So I, I understand that, you know, it's probably stressful and, you know, he does have a life. I can't, you know, I understand that, but I think there's just a way to do it. And yeah. what he's doing, I think is just totally disrespectful and totally disregarding her legacy. You know, the, the picture that's circulating is, you know, if you've ever, if you Google B Smith and you see all these pictures, she's a gorgeous woman. She used to be a model with Wilhelmina models. Yeah. Uh, gorgeous. And she still is a gorgeous woman, but she's always been um, dressed really nicely, you know, makeup done hair done and he has her, you know, this picture's floating around with her in the background and she has on a, uh, a sweatshirt, you know, something you would have never seen her in before in public, you know, yeah. I think it's just really disrespecting her legacy. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I saw some of the, I did see the pictures and I saw the, um, well, I call her 2520, that's the YT um, girl or mm -hmm. woman that he's with, just very blatant. And, you know, I, I do agree that it's okay, you know, at this stage of their of their lives, and unfortunately, she has an incurable disease, um, and she will probably succumb to it. He should be able to have someone, you know, to continue his life and and as well as be the caretaker for for his wife. But I agree with you that posting on IG with um. With your, with your new chick in the front and your dying wife in the back is mm -hmm. so distasteful and so disgusting to me. Especially when you look at him. You look like an old-ass Bill Russell. Are you with this with, um, with this, this one, this chick? Girl, and, and you know this woman probably would not even give him the, the time of day if he didn't have the not money. I think she sees a setup for, you know, a, a that's what it is. I she don't... Biding her time waiting for, you know, B, B Smith to... to, to pass away so she can slide right on in that's so that's that that part was just so distasteful so disgusting yeah. and you're right how 
what it she was such a or she and let me she is such an elegant woman mm -hmm. and you've always seen her that way and to see the pictures that have been posted knowing that she has alzheimer's so she's not able to fully make the decisions all on her own and then you see her like you said in sweatpants and sweatshirts and and beanie caps it just does not um to me fit with her legacy and knowing what we know of her mm -hmm. it's, you know such a, it's just some bad taste yeah I definitely agree. So, your old ass. What is old ass? Mm -hmm. His old hairy balls, gray hairy balls. <laughs> Ew. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. So moving along. So yeah, I just it, it's just very distasteful, and um, yeah, that's all I got to say on it. Yeah. Um. Well, once again, there's a whole week that came by, and I was looking for some big old dicks. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> That a big dick did not slap me in my face. <laughs> well, he has a big old 65-year-old dick. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on. Where are we? We I reminisce, are I reminisce, I reminisce. Ooh, my favorite part. Okay, so this week is my reminisce. So I want to take y'all back. You know, I like to spin a picture. To 1998, y'all. Actually, I want to take you back to 1997. There was a time between 97 and 98 where, to me, if it was about rap, it was about Puffy. And if it was about Puffy, it was definitely about Mace. That was a time to me when the rap world and just the world in general that I lived in, it just revolved around Mace. Because it was right after, you know, the death of Biggie. And Mace just kind of slid in and came up with Harlem World, which is like one of my favorite albums of all time. Fight me on. And he had a song, which I love, which was Tell Me What I Want. He had Total on the hook. Mm -hmm. And it sampled right on For the Darkness by Curtis Mayfield. And it was just, I swear it was one of them songs where you be, you're listening to the words and you be feeling like they're talking about you or it's about you or somebody's thinking about you. Let me know if this is right. I'm singing a song right now to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Me too. It's just like, it was one of those songs that just hit a chord, like, it was so real, you know? I remember he has a place he said, can, can you be my ghetto love privacy? Everybody love you, girl, not just me. You know what? <laughs> he said to keep it all real, you come second to my money. Like niggas, and they make shit. <laughs> but that song just like, that album and that song just defined an era. It was like Mace could do no wrong. Yeah. You know, the time after that where he like, he did fall off, he became the preacher in Atlanta. And <laughs> Oh. I don't know what he's doing now. Uh, I don't know. Um, he did. He definitely like there was a there was a fall off, but that was just like he was just at his prime. Do you remember that? Oh, oh, that that whole time in hip hop, like you said, Puffy like was dominating hip hop at that time, and then Muff, uh, not Muff, um, Mace came in, and Mace, you know, truth be told, I heard some rumblings that Mace had did some ghostwriting for um, Biggie on his um, second album. Yeah, this that's the truth. It is the truth. So you know, and he just had that voice, and he reminded—he was so Harlem to me. Like 
there was a time when like I just wanted to talk to dudes from Harlem. I didn't want to talk to nobody else. And so he was like smooth with it though. Like he had game, that 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 New York type game, but he was so smooth with it. Uh, I just, I loved it. So that is my reminisce. Tell me what you want from me. Take a look at what you see. And Total, Total, Total did they shit on that. Like they, they didn't really oh, have to they shit, period. I, I really was like waiting for their second album. I, I think they just they just missed a whole uh, a whole I don't know. It was like that first album. I don't know if you I forget the name of it, but I used to play that shit on repeat. Okay. We can't sing really. But we like to sing. <laughs> no, I get I get asked if I can sing and be like, no, that don't stop me from trying though. I can say whether you like it or not. It's just like, no, right? <laughs> right. Alright, so yes. Harlem World, tell me what you want. Harlem on the rise. No one no problem with these guys. All right. Moving on. Oh, I got to support black businesses this week too. Okay. All right. Okay, y'all, this is the segment of the show where we highlight a black business. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities, and we desire to build awareness of products that are made FUBU for us by us. So this segment, I want to highlight and big up Figures Wireless. It is a wireless or telecommunications company founded by Freddie Figures in 2009. Now, let me tell you, Freddie Figures today is about 29 years old, so how was it? Oh, was he in 2009? <laughs> like <a> rap name <laughs> maybe. Right, you know, I, I really didn't think that was his name but it's Freddie Figures so he, he is like an inventor you know like one of those uh, technological inventors because he has a couple of different things that he's invented but one of the um, one of the phones that he has under Figures Wireless he has a cell phone which basically goes in a safe mode when you're driving over a certain mileage like 10 or 15 miles so that it prevents texting while driving, which I think is a great idea. Mm -hmm. So this business, it's headquartered in Coral Gables, Florida, which is not far from me. And this 29 year old man has made, built this company up. It is now worth $62.3 million. So big up figures wireless. I'm gonna have to check on their plans because I might have to switch because I saw $60 and I need something better than than cricket. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't have cricket. I'm just dollars oh. <laughs> for a phone. You can't get that, but if you go through cricket, so I want to check it out. But he has a, he has his own cell phone tower, and I think it's it's not too far from from me. So I'm definitely gonna look into that. But yeah, uh, figures wireless, y'all. All right, now check them out. All right. Okay, y'all. We have really enjoyed this time, but of course, all good things they must come to an end. So. You can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast, and the Apple Podcast app. We're on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastBot, TuneIn, and Spotify. I want to give a shout-out to our listeners in Australia. Y'all have really been streaming and just listening to us on all platforms, iTunes and SoundCloud. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's That's What I Say 3. And, of course, Nye, who do we always shout-out? Always shout out our super producer, Vegas World Inc. You can catch him on Instagram and Twitter at Vegas World Inc. He also has a podcast, Hip Hop Now. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week, take care. Thank you.